Yeah, man, I've missed you guys. It's been a long week. It's been a good week, but I've missed you guys, and uh, I'm glad you're here. Um, We've got a special, special weekend plan for us at the Creek, and uh, as you heard Judd say, we it's our missions expo. So we have all of our ministry partners that we work with locally and globally. So we're trying to figure out what to call it. So we just said global. So it's our global expo. But uh, before we have our, our guests come up and, and get to get a, get a really good look at their ministries, I want to share some things that are going on in the life of the church. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, there's things that we need to wait to tell, and there's some things we need to tell immediately just due to the, the timeline involved. And uh, uh, we had a, a meeting this last Sunday night, uh, October 1st, with all of the Creek leaders, and uh, we shared vision and what we do normally is that that vision night is for the leaders and then the leaders are preparing the rest of the church for January when we do our focus series. But we have some, some time things to tell you. And um, so everything is about our set-ins, right? Set-in relationship, set-in family, set-free, and set-in motion. And, and the set-in motion uh, comes from, from this. It's, uh, it's Matthew 28 where it says... Uh, Uh, All authority, this is Jesus talking, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And the great part is we don't do it alone because he says, behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So everything about church, you know, we, we come in week after week and we sit, but everything about church is the go. And, and there's a big go that we have in front of us that God has laid out for our vision. Uh, when we launched the church 13 and a half years ago, our vision was to be a church that plants churches and plants campuses and, 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 and builds family, the set-in family, builds that into more communities. And uh, over the life of our church, you know, we, we launched in a, a neighborhood and uh, God moved us to this location just miraculously and the, the church has grown incredibly over the years, and, and we want to be able to extend that family a little bit. So as we were looking at our church family, we have, we have family that are driving a long distance, and so God said it's time to imp- implement a stage of vision, which is launching another campus. And uh, I'm excited to announce to you that we're, we're on the runway here uh, to launch a campus in the Azle area. Uh, so for all of our families that are driving from Weatherford, Springtown, and Azle, yeah, you don't have to spend that much money on gas. So uh, we're excited about that. And I know that me saying that just invokes a lot of questions. And so you'll hear a lot more coming. Uh, but all of that is on the runway. Uh, we do have uh, a plan for that. And uh, so we'll, you'll, if you live in that area especially, uh, we're going to be setting up some, some times to have some discussions with you uh, about what it looks like to launch a campus in your area. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited about the vision because God's, you know, he's faithful in his vision and he's faithful in the timing of his vision. Um, When God gave this vision, it was something I was ready to run several years ago, but God just like, you know, simmer down, uh, just wait for my timing because his timing is always perfect. You know, my my timing, I can get ahead of things. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Another thing that I'm excited about is uh, with, with everything about October being set in motion, uh, we wanted to get you exposure to our ministry partnerships and organizations that we work with. Uh, because we settled in our heart long ago uh, that we just don't want to be a check church. 
And, and what I mean by that is you're very generous and your generosity allows us to pour financial blessings into so many ministries globally, right? Global and local. And uh, we love being able to do that because it does take funds. But I don't wanna be a check church. I wanna be a hands-on church. I want, let, me, let me read to you the type of church and the type of ministries we get to partner with. Um, this is, man, just Jesus says it the best. Um, it says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king, who is Jesus, will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous are gonna look at him and say, Jesus, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick and in prison and visit you? And this is what Jesus responds. And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these of my brothers, you did it to me. Jesus takes how we treat people, how we love people, how we serve people very personally. Jesus is not a check Jesus. He could have sat on his throne in glory and let us deal with our own issues of sin and said, well, we'll send you some funds every once in a while. Now, Jesus got up off his throne and he humbled himself to become a servant and he humbled himself unto death, even death on a cross. And because of that, he's been elevated after his resurrection to be seated at the right hand of the Father who is the King of glory. And he takes how we take his kingdom forward very seriously. And so what you're gonna get to see as you walk through our commons area is we're not a Czech church. And you're gonna get to hear from all the organizations, but there's two in particular that I want you to hear the heart of this weekend. And so I'd like to invite Miss Marvy and Miss Wilma up. Um, so if you'd just make your way to the platform, and if you would, Creek family, would you welcome them? So. I help you ladies up. So uh, some of you have been able to engage with, with uh, the ministries uh, on our Serve Weekend. And uh, Serve Weekend is the time, that's the time that the church gets to be the church. And uh, so we get to serve in, in many organizations and many areas around our community. Uh, but when we have gotten to know uh, the organizations, but also these wonderful ladies' heart for ministry. And, you know, ministry just doesn't exist in a church. Ministry, actually more ministry happens outside of this room. I mean, if you're new to church, uh, this is a time for the family to gather and get what we need to go out because that's where the ministry happens. And so I would just like you to, I would like to introduce you guys. And uh, so we've got, we've got a microphone there. And so I've got, uh, I'll put you on the, on the spot with some questions. And, uh, but if, if you would just in, introduce who you are and tell us a little bit about your ministry. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Marvie McClendon. I was born in the Philippines. I arrived in the U.S. Uh, when I was 10 years old. Uh, the ministry started in 2017, but I think the story uh, began 
when I was really young, long, long time ago. Um, I made some bad decisions and, um, you know, my plan was to be married and have kids, but I was uh, 18 at the time and um, I married uh, um, an abusive man. So I was in a domestic uh, abuse relationship for about five years. And so after that, you know, it takes about six times to try to leave um, an abusive relationship. And so uh, the first time you're like, what am I doing, right? You don't have any money, you don't have anywhere to go. So you go back and you plan better and then you leave again. And then, you know, the cycle continues until you're sick of being uh, sick and tired. Um, so when I got to that stage, I left, but then I was homeless and I had two toddlers at that time. So we lived in our car for about a year. And so fast forward, you know, we, my husband has a, um, my husband now, not, not the same one. Okay. <laughs> the seventh time. No, no. <laughs> um, he had a vision and he said if um, our, our, the vision for the family was to take our individual hurts and pains and help another family with it. And that was right when we got married. Uh, but I did not know that God would place families in our lives to help along the way. So the, the ministry, so to speak, began um, after my life came together. Um, but the ministry, Chat and Chew, started in 2017. Um, God has been saying, you know, do it, do it, do it. And I'm like, no, 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 you got the wrong person. I, I don't do that, you know. Um, <laughs> and so when I finally said yes to God, he gave me um, Matthew 25, 35, which you yes. read. And um, I said, I don't know how to do it, Lord. He said, just use your story. And so that's what we've been do doing ever since. We started in my living room. He said, invite 15 women to your house and just prepare some food and talk. I said, but no, women, you know, they're full of dramas. I don't want to do that, right? <laughs> and so, and so... <laughs> And, and, and I'm just being transparent here because I, I wasn't, I said the, to the Lord, you have the wrong person, right? And he said, just invite them. I said, okay, I'll invite five. He said, no, 15. And 18 showed up. And I'm like, what am I going to do with all these people? But we found out quickly over some food as we were chatting and chewing that we all have the same passion to help people. And so we started out helping homeless uh, single parents. And that is the core of my heart because I know what it's like. I know what it takes to have something handed to you in a plastic bag that smells like mm, cigarettes, urine. And you're supposed to wear those clothes, right? So, sorry. So, we started Chat and Chew. Um, and dignity and integrity is very important to us. Like I said, I've been there. So we have a food pantry that we serve. Uh, now I think we've doubled in size, um, about 200 families a month. And, um, and so we, we've outgrown this place that we're in. But that's what we do. We, uh, and you can't just help single parents, right? You gotta help the kids. So we developed a program called Bridges Food Bags where we feed the kids over a hundred and something kids, uh, where's Trish? Where we 
prepare bags for them over the weekend so they can have something to eat over the weekend. We also have a big event during Christmas where we buy the kids Christmas presents because, you know, there's a lot of parents struggling out there to make ends meet, and Christmas presents is just not on top of their list. But you know you, it's close to your heart because you want to see your kids happy, right? So we have that every year. And then we have uh, Happy Feet on uh, during back to school where we buy them shoes and socks. So our ministry, we were very, very careful with... Um, our, our finances. I'm very frugal. The shirts that you see, we make them. The, the business cards outside, I make them. We want to spend our money where it's really, really needed. And so whatever we can make, we make them. Except I don't bake, so the cookies were baked by somebody else. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is the heart of the ministry. We, we help homeless moms, we help single parents, we help kids, we clothe them, we buy them shoes, and we're very hands-on. Our pantry is open twice a week. Um, a matter of fact, today we had three little girls, 10, 12, and 14. The brother was in the hospital, who's in hospice, so the mom couldn't be there. And, and I noticed they would just bring a little bag. I'm like, you can have more food, and, and they didn't speak English, so our translator said, well, no, they can't carry them home because they walked to the pantry. So I said, oh, no, mm -mm, no, we gave them boxes of food, and, and I said, I'll take you home. Of course, they were like, who's this Asian woman trying to take us home, right? <laughs> so I said, don't be scared, I'm harmless sometimes, most of the time. But we, we brought them home, and, and you could just see the the joy in their faces like wow we got all this food and you know that's what makes it worthwhile for us it's not we're not a check ministry we are definitely hands-on we are definitely just out there for the community we're in um fort worth off of 28th and beach which has been called the forgotten community and so we're there come see us we're open wednesdays and fridays even if you don't need food just come say hi Oh, this woman just talked to us about chosen ones. Okay, chosen ones. We are chosen. That's why we are called chosen ones. Our ministry is, uh, it started out about 17 years ago in the garage of our founders, Vicki and Randy Akins. They were foster parents. They got approved to be foster parents, and the day they got the approval, they got a child placed with them. They had nothing. James was placed with them. James is now 6, 17, and he's their adopted son, so the story did end well. But out of that, they called their friends, and they said, we're getting a baby tonight, and we have nothing. Within two hours, their friends had put together a nursery, clothes, diapers, and everything that was needed. It was basically a shower within two hours. After the dust had settled, Vicki thought, if this has happened to me, I know it's happening to others. So maybe we could start something so that when our foster parents get children who come in the middle of the night with nothing, they would have a place the next morning or even that night to come to get something. And that's how Chosen Ones came into existence. We've had three moves since the garage, and now we don't know how it happened because we just pray every day, give us this day our daily bread and the bread shows up. We are now in 12,000 square foot of warehouse. 
<laughs> and God has talked about taking loaves, uh, five loaves, two fish, or, and, and, and turning it into something. We have seen it every day. We have served the foster community for um, up until COVID. You know, we lost three years of our lives, so I can't even calculate it, okay? So up until 2020, we had been serving foster families. And then, as you all remember, in 2020, we were just all scattered. People had lost their jobs, folks didn't have food, they didn't know what to do. This was a golden opportunity, and we stepped up in the community. Since we've been living life and taking care of children, that's part of our ministry, we started serving parents of infants and toddlers, and there were some pregnant moms in there. And so we served a lot of families during that time. Then Roe v. Wade came back to the States. And we, this was an opportunity for the church, not just chosen ones, for the church to step up. Do we really believe in life like we say? And we started serving pregnant moms. I want to tell you that has been the best, things that we, best thing that we have done. Every... We're open Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursday. And last Thursday night, when we served, there was not one foster family, not one family with children. Everyone that came through that door was a pregnant mom. And we had the opportunity to witness, if you could say that, and we're not supposed to witness to them because of, you know. But we had the opportunity to witness, and we were very proud of them for choosing to keep their babies. We. Um, we provided them with a lot of resources, a lot of material assistance. It has been amazing how God has worked through all of this, the turbulence in our country right now, yet you can find just the opportunity to do what God has called us to do. It, it is just amazing. It has made a believer out of me. As a foster parent myself, I started being a foster parent when my daughter went off to college. Um, we were so involved with her life before she went off to college. Really and truly, other than work, we had nothing else to do. My husband said to me one night, I was fussing at him at something, and he says, look, you've got control issues. You need to go get some children. <laughs> so that, he says, leave me alone. <laughs> because, you know, moms could identify. We just boss our children around, and we, when we can't find the children, we boss our husbands, right? Well. Out of that conversation, our home became a foster, parent, a foster home. We fostered 67 children in our home. So fostering is very, very dear to me. We closed. That's either, that's either a lot of control issues or a big heart. I'm going to go with big heart. We, we did that. We really learned a lot about ourselves, about our relationship with Christ, because you do learn a lot. You learn who you really are during those. Because those are not children that you've given birth to and everything goes well. It doesn't. It's a challenge. But we've overcome that. We closed our home to fostering. And um, there were three children in our home at the time when we decided to close our home. The rest of the story is tonight they're in my house and they all have my last name. So that is, and it ties right back into chosen ones. We believe in life. We believe in serving. We believe in supporting our foster and adoptive families. The Creek has been just a very, very vital part in what we do. 
I can't say thank you enough for your support. I know many of you may never ever be able to open your homes to fostering or adopting children, but every one of you tonight can do something. You can pray for those children, you can donate, you can volunteer. It is just amazing. God has called us all to be a part of this kingdom. And whatever little we do, he will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. That's right, that's right, amen. Ms. Marvie, uh, you know, you have an, an, an incredible location and opportunity with that because the school allows you to use the portables on the campus. Would you, would you tell us a little bit about why? Um, so in 2018, one of our founding board members started volunteering at Springdale Elementary. And uh, this counselor there said, hey, you know, do you have any resources for uh, bags or sacks of food? Because the kids would literally come in on Monday either sleepy or crying or just uh, exhausted. And she said, you know, a lot of these kids don't eat on the weekends. And she's like, well, that's not right. You know, we, we have to do something about that. So we started, it started out in my garage, and then we started a little two shelves. I don't know if you saw it on the video. We had two shelves of food in my living room, and then it grew to four, and then it just took over my whole living room. And my husband's like, oh, when are we going to get our living room back? So I asked, <laughs> I asked the school, I said, could we have a closet maybe in the school so we can store all this food? And she said, well, you know, we can do better than that. We have a modular that's being used as a, um, I think it's a storage unit. So uh, we transformed that to a food pantry. And we've gone from two shelves to now, um, Mr. Pat will tell you, we're bursting out the seams because we are, um, instead of serving, I think we were serving 10 families at that time, we're now serving 200. And it's become a little bit cramped. Uh, we have people lined up outside to come get food. And, and so the school is um, trying to get the support of the superintendent to give us the other uh, part of the modular behind us because we also have a thrift store right next door where we have uh, single parents come in and just take whatever they want, you know, because when you're in that community, you don't know anybody, uh, you don't have family, so we're it. Um, so the school is, has been very gracious in allowing us to use that modular, um, but the modular is not adequate because it doesn't have running water or bathrooms for our volunteers. So, but the partnership is great. Creek Church has been wonderful in helping us get what we need to sustain us. Um, they've built shelves and they have built counters for us and they've sanded. I know we sanded like for days last year. <laughs> um, so they've been, they've been instrumental in um, getting us what we need uh, to continue running and providing food for the community. I love that. Um, what are... Uh, what are some ways that we can best pray for you and support your ministry? Pray that we have, um, we get a building, uh, an adequate facility, because like I said, we have over 200 families and over 150 kids. Uh, Springdale is about 400 children, and they're 100% tier one, which means that they are um, 
all eligible for free breakfast and free lunches. And so <clears throat> if we have a bigger facility, we can serve more, our impact will be greater. We can serve more families. We can uh, do more for the community and then the surrounding community as well. Praise God. Okay. What about um, serving opportunities? Because I know we come and we serve on Serve Weekend. What can we do as a matter, of course, of just connecting with your ministry? How can we serve with you outside of a Serve Weekend? Well, glad you asked. Yeah, that one's coming to you too. Yeah. Um, we are open Wednesdays and Saturdays, and we definitely need uh, Spanish translators. We need, um, we pick up food from the food bank on Fridays, and we'd like to extend that um, on Tuesdays because Wednesday they just, you know, we, we want them to have the vegetables and all the food that they, um, that they need to come pick up. And if they're not there on Tuesday, then that means we have to pick it up on Saturday or on Friday and then um, they won't have a lot to choose from. Um, and also, we uh, have events during the year. Uh, we have our Christmas event coming up on December 9th where we just shower the kids with two uh, needs and two must-haves. Um, we wrap them up, we have a good time, so if you're available, uh, it's, it happens every second week of December, um, and the wrapping party uh, happens on the first Saturday of December. Great. So, so you can go to uh, you can go to their their booth in the in the commons, um, and sign up to be a part of the the wrapping party. Uh, or if you have time, you know, especially you know in our, in our in our church family, we've got a lot of diversity in our church family. So if you speak Spanish, this is a great opportunity to help. Um, and so uh, we can we, we we always think that what do I have? What can I do? You know, every one of us has something what we can do. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, so it, it, it takes some time. Are, are kids welcome to come and serve with you? Absolutely. So it's something that your whole family can do. And when you model that with your children, it's, it's impactful. So, uh, Ms. Wilma, same, same question. Uh, how can, how, I mean, we, we connect with you on Serve Weekend, and I know some of our Creek family is connected with you outside of Serve Weekend. So what, how can we be a part of, of ministry hands-on? We can always use volunteers. That's what we run on. Um, we do not have a budget that can have paid people to come in, so we depend on volunteers. Uh, during our open hours, there's, we've always got something for you to do. We sort clothes, we hang clothes, we meet and greet these people who come in. And um, one of the newest things um, that we have, we have a prayer ministry. On the form that they fill out when they come in, they, we ask them, would you mind um, having prayer? You know, if they say no, you know, we just don't even bring it up. But if they say yes, we have um, folks who could pray for them. They meet them there. They'll talk to them about their needs. Is there something specific you want to pray for? And we pray for that. And I have to tell you, as a church body, it has been amazing. We've had salvation brought into that warehouse. We've had people accept Jesus in there, and it has been amazing. Um, about three weeks ago, the, uh, there were like four or five people waiting um, to be prayed for. And someone came and got me and says, can you pray with, with this young lady? Because she's been waiting for a while. 
And as I started talking to her, she was raised in church. Um, she had kind of wandered, she'd gotten into drugs, she had three little babies. And I looked at her and, and I was like, what can I pray for you? And, and she just broke down. It's time, I've got to come back, I know better. And I prayed for her, I, I just, I mean, I was in tears because she was in tears and she was saying that, you know, her mother and her grandmother never gave up on her, but she knows what she did was wrong. Whatever she did, I don't know. I says, that's between you and Jesus. Let's leave it at the foot of the cross. And um, she says, I accept, I have returned home. And I'm telling you, when I left that room praying with her, I felt I was renewed. I felt like I had been baptized all over again. It was amazing. Just to experience some, someone accept salvation and accept Jesus, it, it, is, it is a beautiful thing. And so if any of you are prayer partners, we are open Monday from 10 till 3, Wednesday from 10 till 3, and Thursday night from 5 till 8. Thursday night is our greatest need. If you want to volunteer, come be a prayer partner with us. All we have to do is just pray whatever they're asking you to pray for. And I know I'll see some of you, right? Okay. Amen. Thank you. Miss, Miss Marvie, one, one question is, is you, do, you, you do the Christmas for the kids and you do food for the kids and you, you minister to the moms. Uh, what, about, what kind of ministries to the kids are available? What kind of ministries? Is there mentoring? Or, yes. So, I mean, uh, yes. So, one of the things that we like to do for the kids, <clears throat> we provide counseling for the mom. They have life coaches. They have therapists. Um, and if they want to continue therapy, you know, we work with them uh, on that. But for the kids, we have uh, mentors for the young men, because a lot of the the single moms we have um, have boys. And right now, I can think of. We have 18 boys right now that are without fathers and are just, you know, the mom work all day, so they're home by themselves. And so we, we implemented a mentoring program where somebody can take them out for a day. And I can't tell you how important that is because as a single mom, before you work all week and you, you, you work constantly all day and, and then you have to come home. And, and not to say that the, the you know, I wasn't blessed with the two kids, but sometimes I needed a break. Um, and so, but then I found out my son, he needed a father figure because there's so many, you know, there's only so many things that I can teach my son, but it's different when a man comes in and says, hey, this is the way you do this, or this is the way, you know, what God has called men to do. And it's a heavy responsibility. And so we are looking for a few good men to um, <laughs> to mentor these these young men and, and um, there there is such a need for that. Amen. Amen. Any final closing thoughts? Okay, I just wanted to say I did not. Um, I, I'm a data person. Last month we served 2,200 children, Amen. and so what you do here at the Creek Church in supporting us it really does impact our community. 2,200 children, given that wasn't, no, it wasn't last month, sorry, it was August, where we gave uniforms, back to school, backpacks with supplies, uh, shoes, new clothes. Every kid that we served had two new outfits, either uniforms or just regular clothes, jeans and t-shirts, so that they could enjoy 
being normal the first day back at school with new, new outfits. 2,200 kids, that was our largest that we wow. served, and I'm very proud of praise that. Praise God, praise God. Any final, any final, any final thoughts or? Um, you know, I, 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 before coming here, I thought, well, you know, Lord, what do you want me to say? Our main, the heart of this ministry is really, you know, God using our story. And everybody has a story. Yeah. If you can't help everybody, you can help one person. And that's all we try to do. We try to restore one family at a time. And we do that by having one-on-one -on -one with them. I know all of our ladies, all of our volunteers know all, everybody we serve. Our life coaches are very involved. And we have been blessed with, we're a all-volunteer ministry. Um, we don't receive salary. These volunteers pour their hearts out into these single parents, to these kids. They do uh, whatever it takes to restore their lives. You know, we, we pray with them at the pantry. It was a beautiful thing to see one of our translators pray with these three little girls who just wanted food. And, and I saw her arms around them and just praying with them and, and just tears coming down from a girl, you know, these girls' faces, um, just so thankful they have somewhere close by because if we weren't there I asked them what would you do if we weren't there because we were thinking of moving so we can have adequate facility and they all said you know every food bank is up north or they're they close by the time we get off work or you know that we would do without or we would borrow food from our neighbor and so that to me you know God I said God you know hey we can move here or we can move there we have our plans, but the Lord has other plans for us, and he's already confirmed that that is the community we're supposed to be in. So if we have to stick it out for another year to go to QT and use their restroom, that's what we're going to do because that's what the Lord has called us to do. So if you can't help everybody, you can help one person, and you can just share your story, and it's impactful, and, and you never know what other people are going through. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Can we please give them a hand? Um, <clears throat> There's two things that I'll, I'll say before I pray is, um, let's see if I can make it through this. Um, I got to spend the last couple of days um, with, with several pastors, and one pastor has a ministry that um, started in, on the East Coast where their ministry goes in to work with at-risk youth in the youth detention centers. And he said what they found is over 90% of the youth in the youth detention center have no father. He said, we got a call from another state and said, our situation's a little different. Can you come and help us? So they took their ministry to another state. He said, we got in over 90% of the youth. is no father. He said, they got a call from London. They said, well, ours is a little different. He said, we get to London to meet with them. Same thing. They're in five countries and eight states. The commonality is there's no father. Men, if we're going to help shape the next generation, I'm challenging you. Get up and let's do something about that. Because we can get overwhelmed by the needs, right? There's always need. But another pastor and I were talking and he shared this story 
this week that you know, two men, and you've heard me say this, two men were walking on the seashore. It's covered with, with starfish, as far as you could see. And one of the men picks up a starfish. He starts throwing them in, one at a time. Another guy sees him, so he starts following the lead, you know. After a few minutes, the second guy said, man, this is, <laughs> this is impossible. There's no way we're going to save every one of these. We're just wasting our time. The man picked up one. He goes, I can save this one. Picked up another. I can save this one. He kept going. That's what we're called to do. That's the church. Yes. That, I, man, we can get overwhelmed by the need. But you know what? There's one life. There's one life that you can make an impact in. And then there's another. And there's another. You hear 2,200 children. You hear 200 families. It didn't start out that way. It's, Lord, help me with this one. And I, I'm excited because we collectively as the church, we can make a big impact if we're willing to get up and start throwing the fish in the water. Right? Let me pray for us. Father, we come to you and we just thank you that you have a plan for this world. That the suffering that, that you see and you, that you are fully aware of in the world around us, you've got a plan. And you implemented that plan. The moment, Jesus, when you said go into all the world, you implemented that plan. You told the church what we're supposed to do. That we're not supposed to just gather and sit and wait for the day of redemption, but we are to be active and moving and in our going, growing the kingdom. And we see, Jesus, your intentional heart for one at a time. So Jesus, thank you for saving this one. And from that, save another one. And another and another. Until one day, all of your children, we're all together in the, the presence of the king. And we will see what kind of an impact can be made one at a time. Father, I pray you're anointing your blessing over every one of these ministries. God, I pray your provision, not just financially, but God, with the human hands and the resources. That God, that the church, not just the creek, but the church, stand up and get busy and start seeing what you can do and what you want to do through us. And we give you the glory for it. None of this is about us. But this is all for you and about you. Thank you for working in us and through us to show us what you can do through submitted hands and hearts. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.